I think I can think of 49 reasons why I'm doing better than you. Oklahoma got on the train and left town. And OSU, I think, kind of got their feelings hurt. What's up, college football fans, and welcome back to an all-new episode of the Cover 2 College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smithson, joined, as always, by my co-host, the Oki Longhorn himself, Dalt, first and foremost. How are we doing tonight, buddy? We're doing good, man. You know, we're trying a little something new here with the snow and kids being out of school. We're kind of going remote now that we both got mixers, and hopefully we can have a little bit better content. That way, we can put out at least two um episodes a week whenever season rolls back around we can do a saturday late saturday night early sunday morning a recap of ball games right right uh yeah obviously uh had a little bit of a hard time getting together this week um in person so luckily we kind of now have the ability to do it like we're doing it tonight um kind of record remotely you know I guess we don't um we don't have a ton to talk about really. I mean, obviously we haven't we haven't recorded in a couple weeks. Uh well actually right about two weeks now. Uh we didn't put an episode out last week. Um so, you know, I guess Dalt, we, we can kinda get right into things here. Um really the first kind of the first thing I really wanted to talk about uh was some of the coaching news around college football and kind of the biggest one of the bigger stories around college football really is the fact that what was it a week and a half ago Bethune Cookman announced that they were hiring Ed Reed uh NFL Hall of Famer Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens um now over the last few days this deal has fallen through and he is no longer to be the head coach at Bethune Cookman and I don't know how much you've read on this Dalt but it sounds like there was some um I don't know the best way to put it. Just a little bit of disagreement. There, there a little, maybe maybe Ed Reed didn't. Well, um, I, I kind of read up on it today whenever I was going over the notes for the episode. And, you know, whenever they hired him, I think, because they hired him back very, like, very first of the year, end of the year. Um, and they kind of hired him, and I think they wanted that, you know, Dion Jacksonville State splash. Like they wanted him to come in, right. maybe get some bigger time, bigger time recruits to come in, and that really wasn't the case. And then you know Ed Reed gets on campus, and one of the first things he really has to do is he posts a video of him and the team picking up trash, and he's really dogging right the university. I mean, he's talking about how. He's out here picking up trash. Yeah, I mean, he should leave. He's not even on contract yet. Right. And I mean, it, it kind of, uh, from what it sounds like, it, it, you know, he, he didn't feel like right off the rip that he was maybe going to get the resources that he needed. Uh, and he saw some problems within that job and within the university that were going to need to be addressed that he wanted to kind of go at head on. And it doesn't sound like the administration really was backing him 100% and how he wanted to handle some of the changes that he, you know, maybe was going to implement into that program. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, this, this deal falls through and, you know, it's kind of, 
it's it's I wouldn't say it's like sad for college football, but you know, it kind of sucks for for him and you know guys like me and you that are, you know, huge fans of football in general. It's obviously this was exciting to see that this was maybe going to happen with him, you know, dipping his toe into the coaching world. Um but yeah, that that was kind of where I wanted to start was it's it just kind of a sad deal that 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 fell through, but it it sounds like uh both both parties are showing a little bit of bitterness towards each other at this point. Um it it has turned into kind of an ugly deal. Down yeah, there. and I mean, it's it, I I really like kind of where these smaller schools and these HBCUs are trying to take their hiring process. You know, Jackson State goes and gets Dion, and he really resurrects the program. Now, how much of it did he just gut whenever he left? But you know, they try now. You see other schools trying right. to do that with this higher bed read, and I'm sure I'm sure they won't be the last. I've seen a lot of stuff kind of being made that. You know, just because Ed Reed went to Miami doesn't mean he's a Florida guy. Like, Ed Reed's from Louisiana. There's a lot of small schools in Louisiana that could definitely hire Ed Reed and probably have more success than what Bethune-Cookman was going to have with him. Right, and I mean, yeah, you know, back back to him as a coach, you just really don't know what – I've always been a firm believer because, you know, me and you both were, you know, we were athletes. We didn't play at a high level like these guys, obviously. But, you know, you never really know who is cut out to be a coach and who's not. And, you know, some people that can play the game really well, it doesn't always translate to coaching because they were so, you know, naturally talented and gifted at that sport that sometimes that doesn't translating in, translate into teaching, you know, people how to do it because maybe it was – it almost came so easy to them. Um, but so, you know, you don't really know what you're getting into with a guy like Ed Reed because he's never been a coach. Now, if I was going to take a guess one way or the other, I'd say he's probably would be a pretty good coach, but you know, you just don't know, but obviously that's not what really had anything to do with, with this turning out the way that it did. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of just it, – it's just a bad deal. Like it, the the stuff that I read on it today, it, it looks like, like I said, both both parties are kind of at a crossroads and, and neither want to give one way or the other. But, Dalt, uh, you know, moving no, on, we, we do have some more coaching news. Um, yeah, there, there's – that's really, I mean, a majority of – I mean, I wouldn't say a majority of what we're going to talk about, but – that right now this time of year the the coaching stuff is kind of at the forefront and you know one of the biggest schools in FBS is currently looking for an offensive coordinator and that's Alabama whose offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien is now headed back to the NFL in a position that he has been at previously as the Patriots offensive coordinator so Crimson Tide Dalt looking for an OC real interesting you know some names that have popped up um I've seen a ton of people are now on the Joe Brady bandwagon. Where where do you see this kind of going for Alabama? What what's the next move for for them down there in Tuscaloosa? Well, you know, like you just mentioned, that would be my front runner. Bill O'Brien's offense was very stagnant at Alabama, and you could tell over the last two years. When Sark was there, it was a pretty a pretty good offense. I mean. He won the Heisman with – yeah, pretty well. I mean, he made Mac Jones a first-round draft pick. 
And if it wasn't for Bryce Young, there's no telling how many losses Alabama has under a Bill O'Brien offense. But, you know, Joe Brady's got to be the number one guy. I, I mean, you just look at what he did at LSU. I know he wasn't like the head guy calling plays there, but he's got to be your number one guy. And I've seen a lot being made, you know, Cliff Kingsbury getting let go from Arizona. Now he's kind of thrown into that. Would he come back and coach under Nick Saban? Maybe, you know, and kind of something that would I, interest I you and really, your OU fans. I don't fans. see that really being a – yeah. No, go ahead. Um, with uh, Jeff Levy's name being thrown out there. But to your point, like, what were you going to say about Cliff right. Kingsbury? I just don't see that being a great fit. I mean, a guy like Kingsbury, do you really think he was a head coach at the Division One college, you know, level already at Tech? Then he was in the NFL as a head coach. Do you really see him kind of, you know, it would technically be a downgrade for him to go back to being an offensive coordinator. Like, I know you're at Alabama, so, you know, you have one, maybe two good years. You turn right around, you're a head coach somewhere next year. But, I mean – realistically cliff kingsbury can probably get a head coaching job somewhere now there's definitely the offensive coordinator job at alabama's is better than a lot of college head coaching jobs i i will agree to that 100 percent. but for some reason cliff and kind of his you know kind of the antics that he comes along with him all the baggage and i mean i know saban's kind of known for kind of pulling guys like that out of the mud uh but I, i just don't really see that being a great fit to me personally, I just, it wouldn't be a bad hire for Bama. I just don't, I don't see it being a great fit in my mind. Yeah. You know, I really think it's Joe Brady's job for the taking. I, I'm, I know a lot's being made of Jeff Levy and for, for reasons, I mean, he was kind of hit and miss with this OU offense this year, but to say he's a bad coordinator is kind of, a little bit of a tough judgment for kind of what he had left over at OU. But I, like I said, I think it's Joe Brady's job to lose. And, you know, if he decides he doesn't want it, I'd be pretty shocked because that's kind of a job that can put you on the map more so than what the LSU with Joe Burrow did. Right. And, you know, as I know you fan to kind of touch on the Levy stuff, I, you know, I don't want to seem biased when I say this towards Oklahoma, but, I mean, is Alabama going to give him that much more money? Is, you know, the only aspect to me of that that really makes it that much better of a job is like, okay, you may have a better chance of winning a national title. And I mean, you know, maybe, okay, yeah, you were the coordinator at Alabama. But, I mean, what's the difference on a resume getting a head coaching job saying I was the offensive coordinator at Alabama and Oklahoma? Like, realistically, I mean, to me, it's just not like the the Levy thing. I, I mean, it would it could happen. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's 100% locked in at OU, whatever. But, you know, he's an OU alma mater. Like, I, I, I just don't – it doesn't make a lot of sense to me for him. To, to me, you know, you may hate me for saying this, but that's kind of – that would be a lateral move for Levy to me. I, again, that's not me putting OU on some pedestal. I just – I mean, it's like – Oh, you're the OC at Alabama. Okay. You know, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, you know, Florida, whoever, it's kind of all one in the same being a coordinator to me. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think that, and it's going to sound kind of dumb of me because Alabama's about to sign this amazing recruiting class, but for a first year guy, like the first year, like this coming year, it's going to be a little tough to run plays because you don't have Bryce Young there. And don't get me wrong, I know Ty Simpson was a highly recruited player, but you don't know what you have in him. And from what we've seen in Jalen Milrow is he's nothing that just makes you go, Alabama's not going to miss a beat. So, I mean, and then you have the wide receiver problems. They just Mick Saban let go of his wide receiver coach as well. Yeah, I mean, for one, you don't don't replace a guy like Bryce Young. You know, like, I'm not going to say he's like a one in a million player, but, you know, guy won the Heisman, you know, one of the most highly recruited kids out of high school, even though, you know, he says he was doubted by everybody, whatever. Uh, you just, they're not, they're not going to, you know, you can't just replace that. So, you know, there are some questions for Alabama to me, uh, as far as the roster goes, as crazy as that is to say, you know, them along with several other teams across college football, um, having to replace quarterback, especially, uh, so, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that they do end up maybe landing on Joe Brady and he kind of gets his, you know, shot there at the at the OC job. It's obviously, it, I think that would be a good hire for Bama because he's going to have the horses uh, obviously there, kind of like, like you said, at LSU that year, he obviously wasn't the OC, but he was the passing game coordinator and that's where they, uh, that's where they made their hay that year with Burrow and uh, Jefferson and Chase and all those guys. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on, on Joe Brady probably ended up being the guy. Um, so, you know, moving on another, uh, coordinator job, Dalt, uh, to kind of talk about this, you know, we talked on our last episode about Garrett Riley leaving TCU to go to Clemson. And now this is a real controversial hire. The TCU Horn Frogs. This has been about a week or so ago. I know it was after I believe the last time we recorded for sure. Uh, they they announced the hiring of Arkansas offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles, obviously the son of you know former Baylor head coach Art Bryles. Was that Baylor when all that mess happened down there? You know, TCU. I've seen a lot of people. They're catching a little bit of slack for for this hire, but you know from a from a let's kind of. Not to dismiss all of that, but from a football perspective, Dalt, what what do you think about this hire for TCU replacing Garrett Riley with with uh, Kendall Bryles? You know, um, I'm not really sold that it's just like a great hire, and I know that's going to sound kind of dumb because of how Kendall Bryles Kendall Bryles's offensive have looked in the past, but if you go back and look this year and maybe even last year at times at this Arkansas offense, they did not look good. And they struggled at times. And, you know, you don't expect that with a quarterback like KJ Jefferson, who can really take over the game with both his passing and his legs. And with the run, with the run game, they should have had for them to struggle and had the year they had. Some of that's got to fall on Kendall Bryles. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, With, with, you know, you have guys, at Arkansas, like, you know, Rocket Sanders and, you know, some of the wide receivers they had with the Hazelwood kid that transferred in from Oklahoma. Uh, and then obviously KJ Jefferson, you know, plenty of weapons there. And that, 
obviously was a super disappointing season for the Razorbacks there in Fayetteville. But, you know, I I don't think this is necessarily a bad hire for TCU. Um, I think Kendall Bryles, from, from the looks of it, is one of the better, you know, kind of young offensive minds in the game. Um, you know, is he, is he a Garrett Riley? I don't, you know, you don't really know. I, I, I would say no, probably not quite there, but you know, Garrett Riley kind of was, he was just Lincoln's little brother before this past year. And now, you know, he's made such a name for himself coming off that year TCU had. Um, so, you know, I think, I think Kendall's putting himself in a good position, kind of going back into the state of Texas there at TCU. You know, obviously they're going to have quite a few good guys there for him to play with, you know, at the quarterback position, at the wide at the, you know, at the skill position there. TCU's always got some talented players. So, you know, from a football perspective, I, I, I like this hire. I think it's a good hire, um, you know, good, good replacement for TCU. But obviously the off the field stuff, that's, that's where this all gets a, a little, a little muddy, a little dirty. You know, like I said, there's been several TCU fans I've seen social media wise that are not super happy. I mean, obviously those of you that know the C and TCU does stand for Christian. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a Christian school. So they're going to, they're going to have their, you know, differences there as far as that whole situation unfolded. Well, I mean, Baylor, Baylor's a, a religion school as well. True. And look, we'll look what went on there in, you know, you wonder how much of the off the field stuff's going to affect, you know, like recruiting or, you know, kind of because these players know like that stuff that happened at Baylor wasn't something that was all hush hush. That stuff was national media coaches that probably shouldn't still be coaching. I'm fortunate enough for Kendall and, you know, the rest of that staff there, they didn't get quite the death penalty that Art Bryles got. But, you know, it's, I I wouldn't say it is a bad hire. I think, I think it's a good hire. I mean, he's obviously a really, a really well offensive minded coach. I just, with the way Arkansas looked, I just can't call it a great hire. Right. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of in agreement with you there. It, I wouldn't say it, it's not a home run knocked out of the park, uh, but but it, I think it's a solid hire. Um, but Dalt, really, our our last bit of coaching news that we have really here for the rundown is uh, it was announced I think yesterday, uh, Tennessee. It might have been today, but they have extended head coach Josh Heupel uh, through January of 2029. Got a five million dollar pay raise. Uh, he will now be making nine million dollars annually. Uh, that makes him the fifth highest paid coach in the SEC. Dalt, uh, only behind obviously Saban, Smart, uh, Jimbo down at A and M, and Brian Kelly. Um, you know, this obviously is not really huge news to talk about, but this is this is probably a mostly deserved pay raise for Josh Heupel following the the year that that they had there in uh, Knoxville um, kind of getting back on the map, best season that they've had. in, I'd say well over 20 years, obviously. Um, so yeah, you know, Josh Heupel, you know, gets well-deserved pay raise. Oh, oh, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned those, those four other names and, you know, 
one of those things is not like the others. You know, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Brian Kelly, 10-win seasons. And then you got Jimbo <laughs> going 5-7 and seven in year five and making almost $12 million a year. Oh, yeah. Jimbo. I mean, he's un- he's unfireable yeah, right now. Jimbo's got he, him a good agent. Yeah, and that's <laughs> – but good <laughs> – all, all, all Texas A&M jokes aside, good for, uh, good for Hypo. I mean, not very many people were happy whenever he got hired at Tennessee. There was a lot of kickback, like, oh my gosh, who are we hiring? He looks, he's gonna look like a fat right. Teletubby on the sidelines in this bright orange. But you know, what he's done, what <laughs> <laughs> what he's done is great, and you know, led him to a great season this year. You know. Couldn't get over the hump of Georgia, which nobody did. And then kind of the right. has the right. has the deal at South Carolina where Hendon Hooker gets hurt and goes down, which I don't really know how much of that would have affected the game because obviously Milton is a pretty talented quarterback in his own. We've seen that in the bowl game. But I mean, good for Tennessee. That's that's a pretty good person to lock down. He's done he's done well in recruiting. I think he has a top 15 recruiting class at Tennessee. He brings in another five-star quarterback who, for all intents and purposes, is going to be the reincarnate of what Hendon Hooker was. So, I mean, he's got he's got a good foundation there, and he just keeps landing right. good recruits. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, you know, that, that kind of rounds out our, our coaching news for this week. Um, well, one thing we so didn't – I guess we moving didn't, on, uh, Dalt. We didn't we didn't touch on this and we kind of missed it, but you know we talked about right after we got off uh, the air the other day or two weeks ago about Ohio State naming Brian Hartline their offensive coordinator, and you know if you're a wide receiver right. and you're not already okay, committed yeah. to Ohio State, they're about to throw it around. So I mean that's that it was kind of interesting to me that Ryan yeah. Day gave up play calling for yeah. Hartline. Right, yeah, arguably one of the better uh, wide receiver coaches, definitely recruiters in the country at that position with some of the guys that Ohio State has had. But, yes, uh, yeah, they did announce that. It was almost, I think, right after we had recorded last. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good hire for Ohio State. But, yeah, all moving on, me. this is just something I kind of want to touch on. Florida quarterback signee, or I guess forma, former Florida quarterback signee Jaden Rashada has been released of his uh, national letter of intent by the Gators after an apparent $13 million NIL deal falls through following him signing with the Gators um, on, you know, the, the early, uh, the early signing period. I believe this guy, I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the class, um, was a highly recruited guy, um, was kind of the uh, centerpiece of, you know, Billy Napier's class down there at Florida. And sounds to me like, Dalt, he was promised $13 million by somebody, and then he got there and they said, oh, sorry, we don't have the money. Yeah, this is where NIL is going to get a bad name. And this is where all the NIO haters are going to just flock to because you're not going to look at all the good stuff, like all the players doing stuff for charity and stuff like that. You're going to come to automatically, Oh, Florida was going to pay not even a five-star quarterback, $13 million to come there. 
and I, I'm just going to be straight up with you. Texas has arguably the most money out of all the colleges in college football. And Arch Manning isn't making an eighth of that in NIL deals. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, 13 million, like that's, I mean, that's more than Jimbo Fisher makes. Right. I, I don't, um, I can't believe that somebody told him that they were going to pay him that much money. I'm kind of shocked that he believed it. And if, you know, it kind of looks bad on his part if um, if that was the sole reason that he, you know, committed there. It's like, okay, well, this guy's obviously in it for one reason. And, you know, now he, he basically backs out, gets out of his letter of intent, basically simply because, hey, they promised you this money and now we don't have it. So it's it's an interesting situation. Obviously, you know, we, we don't have a ton of the, you know, whatever the inside details are on this, but, you know, it's something that I just kind of wanted to touch on. It's, it's you know, like you said, this kind of is some of the problems that have been created by the NIL stuff is is situations, situations like this. Yeah, that's, I mean, that that is an unrealistic amount of money to pay an 18-year-old just to attend your school. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Florida's throwing that kind of money around. I've got, I've got four years of eligibility. Float me, float me a couple thousand. I'll be there on campus. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, give me, uh, give me a hundred grand, and I'm in. But um, Dalt, to to kind of stay on, uh, you know that that whole recruiting, you know, kind of aspect. Um, more news out of this, obviously a little bit of a different deal, but you know, Deion Sanders, he's done it again. Dalt flips the number one cornerback recruit, Cormani McLean from Miami to now his Colorado Buffaloes. Um, and now Dion is two for two in back-to-back years, flipping, uh, the number one overall, uh, cornerbacks in the country to come play for him, you know, obviously Travis Hunter being the first. And then now you have Cormani McLean, which who knows how good this McLean kid's going to be. I don't, I don't think he's really on the same level as, as Travis Hunter, as far as a football player goes. I, I don't know a ton about the situation, but obviously that was kind of big news that had come out, you know, whenever he announced that, that he was going to flip to Colorado. Yeah. I mean, this has kind of been one of those Travis Hunter ish recruiting things um he was supposed to sign his letter of intent on early signing day they had a cake his high school had all kinds of media there and he woke up that morning and his mom texts the principal or the athletic director and was like hey he's not signing she texts 24 7 was like hey we're not signing today something 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 and then at that point everybody thought miami's not going to hold on to him and then here comes Prime. And if you're a corner, why would you not at least listen to what Prime has to say? He was one of the most electric defensive backs in the NFL and in college. I mean, if you're, you would be dumb not to at least hear him out. And obviously – at the defensive back position, mainly the corner position, Prime knows how to recruit that. 
I mean, he's got he's got the golden touch, the magic words. Like he tells you, you're sold on it. And if you're if you're in the 2024 class for a number one overall corner, you better slip some Florida like money at him, or Brom's gonna swoop in at the midnight hour and bring him home. Right. I mean, it, it's hard to uh, as a player. I would say it's hard to say, okay, Deion Sanders is recruiting me at the position of cornerback, which is what he played professionally and is, you know, I don't even know if it's really to say arguably he's the best cornerback ever in, in the NFL history. I I don't, you know, I don't really know who you would put ahead of him. Um, but obviously, you know, being the pro that he was, obviously he's such a relatable guy, seeing some of the content that he's put out already on social media. So, you know, prime. He does it again, Dalt, and and just adds to what, you know, has become a pretty good class through the portal. And then obviously with, you know, some of these guys that he's getting now that he's going to, you know, going to get in the future as well uh, there at Colorado. It's it's real interesting times there in Boulder. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a tough loss for Miami, obviously, Mario Cristobal and that class that he had built down there. Um, they were in the top five. I believe that that bumped them out of the top five, you know, per two, four, seven. Um, but I, I think still a top no, they 10 were, class with, you know, two or three, five stars. I think they were sitting at four before he committed to Colorado. Miami was, I think they were one spot ahead of OU and that, that moved OU into the four spot. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, b- big win there for, for Deion Sanders and, and Colorado. And so, you know, I touched on him, you know, having some success in the portal, obviously, um, to, to kind of give, you know, moving on here, a bit of a, a portal update. Um, obviously, this is, you know, not some of the freshest news that has, you know, come across the off social media or, you know, what whatever you may get it. But, you know, Dalt, we, we have a little bit of uh, portal, portal news, you know, since we last met, um, the biggest probably being are one of our favorite guys to talk about Spencer Sanders headed to Oxford to join a, what is a becoming a very crowded quarterback room uh, there at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. Uh, But yeah, Spencer Sanders said it came down to Auburn and Ole Miss and he chose Ole Miss, which is a very, we talked about adult interesting choice. Um, He's kind of betting on himself. I mean, what, what, what do you think about this? I mean, I really want to know where the, Jackson Dart slander has come from. I mean, if you you look at who's transferred in, you get the Howard kid from LSU, the five-star there, and now you're getting Spencer Sanders to come in. I mean, just do they think that they can just walk in there and just run Jackson Dart out? I mean, to me, that's – I think that's going to be a harder starting position to win. Oh, no, for sure. I, I agree. I mean, that that was the first thing that, you know, when we talked about it in the group text, like, if he goes to Auburn, he's guaranteed to start, I would say. I mean, it's almost a, a lock. But now you're going to Ole Miss where, you know, the guy that was the starter last year that was a highly recruited kid is back, along with another highly recruited kid that just transferred in from uh, LSU and the Walker Howard kid. And so now you're joining that room. 
and you know, again, maybe it's it's Spencer Sanders having that confidence in himself. He's betting on himself uh, to win that job. But and and I, you know, props to him. Uh, hats off to him for for taking that route if that's what you know his intentions are. But at the end of the day, you know, you're he's you know you're working towards the NFL, trying to get drafted. Why would you not put yourself in maybe a more advantageous situation at Auburn and and go that route? I just don't, I didn't really understand it myself. Yeah. Whenever he hit the portal, the first name that popped up was Penn state because of his former OC at Oklahoma state who recruited him is the OC there now. Um, I feel like that would have been a better and easier job for him to win than what he's going into now. And we give, we're his biggest critics and it's by fair Fair point. I mean, he is a turnover machine. When he's on, he's lights out. I think that when he's moving in the pocket, I don't think there's very many quarterbacks in the country that can be as efficient as he is when he's moving around. Now, I'm not saying he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, but I think whenever you get him, whenever you get him mobile is whenever he's at his best or whenever he has a great run game to lean on, he's at his best. But I don't think that this is going to be a situation that really pans out for him unless Lane Kiffin is just feeding him like, hey, we're trying to do something else next year. We want somebody a little more athletic than what Jackson Dart is. Like, come in and you're you're our guy and we'll get we'll get Howard in right behind you. But I just I can't see it. I feel like Jackson Dart has the locker room, and I don't think bringing a six-year senior in, like a super-duper senior, is going to really scare Jackson Dart off. Right. Yeah, and I, and I agree. So, you know, obviously an, an interesting situation for uh, Spencer Sanders. But, you know, mo- moving on in our, our portal news, Dalt, we've got um, – this is one that obviously you can talk about a little bit more because it's obviously close to home for you with your, your Longhorns. Um, wide receiver A.D. Mitchell, uh, he's headed to Texas. Uh, this was this was a big deal. Um, highly recruited kid, you know, big-time player. Uh, deal, dealt with a little bit of injury there at Georgia, uh, but, but he's headed down to Austin, uh, or I guess kind of over to Austin, I guess you should say, uh, from Athens. And – I mean, as as a Longhorn fan, man, what 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 were your initial thoughts on this when you you know you first saw that it was trending? You know that he was he was headed for you guys. You know, the thing that Texas fans have just, and I'm I'm one of them. We were kind of confused as why a lot of these wide receivers hit the portal and Sark didn't even look at them. Like I know you have a good recruiting class of wide receivers coming in, but none of none of those guys are proven. And you know we let the more kid from Oregon end up at Tennessee. And there was a couple other guys that I thought would have been good fits for, you know, kind of to take the pressure off of worthy. Cause you don't know how Nayer's is going to come back from his injury. But I mean, you get a guy like AD Mitchell, he's six, four, super athletic, really, really good at winning 50, 50 balls. I mean, you look at what he did at Georgia. I know he had, he was hurt most of the year, but four playoff games, four touchdown catches. The big one to go ahead against Ohio State, 
obviously the kind of contested ball against TCU when it was kind of well in hand right there before the half. But I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be a big help. I think it's going to give Sark a lot more options to move worthy around and get worthy the ball in space and kind of have that guy on the outside that, you know, you don't have to throw the perfect fade route to for him to catch. You can kind of, throw more of those back shoulders that Tom Herman loved so much when he was throwing them to Colin Johnson and little Jordan Humphrey. And I think it's a great get, you know, we don't, we don't have that big jump ball guy. And now we, we pick him up from Georgia. It's, it's a big win. And Georgia fans are really upset. They, they've been clamoring for tampering against Texas and all this and that. What Georgia fans got to understand is he has a kid and I don't think his kid has been in Athens with him. I think this has been kind of something that he wanted to come back home, be closer to his, I think it's his daughter. And Texas was just in the perfect spot to land him. Right. And, you know, it's uh, kind of a rich get richer situation. Obviously, you guys, that, that wide receiver room down there uh, with some of the guys that y'all have coming back, um, along with some of, you know, the incoming freshmen that you guys have with the Cook kid. Um, it's, you know, but yeah obviously there's always room for a guy like, you know, AD, uh, I just, AD Mitchell, but, um, it doesn't ever hurt, you know, to add to what, what is already a, uh, super talented room down there. Uh, you know, you guys, you got the Whittington kid back. You obviously have worthy back, you know, you have the, the big tight end, uh, he's back. And, and like I said, those, some of those talented freshmen you got coming in. So it, yeah, like I said, a kind of a rich get richer situation for, for your Longhorns that I'm sure you're not, uh, not upset about. Um, no, nope, adult, not mad uh, at all. Our, our last item on the transfer portal that I have, and this is not major news, but Miami quarterback, Jake Garcia, you know, highly, pretty highly recruited kid. Um, just never really panned out for him at, at Miami headed to Missouri. Uh, I think this is, a. You know, Missouri's pretty pretty excited about this uh, get for them. Uh, Eli Drinkowitz, obviously. Um, and, you know, the Garcia kid's a good player from basically from what I've read and seen. So, you know, you add him to a, a team that has a wide receiver and, you know, the Burden kid that was obviously highly recruited wide receiver out of high school. And, you know, they get the Weiss kid from Oklahoma. Um you know, it's it's interesting for Missouri, but, you know, I, I don't have a ton of thoughts on this. It just was kind of one that I wanted to just kind of touch on um, as far as our portal update went. Yeah, that that Missouri team, they come on they come on strong late. They That offense kind of woke up, and I don't – I mean, you, you look at guys that they have there, like you, you just hit on, and picking up Theo Weiss is definitely going to be a help if he can stay healthy, I know he's kind of been hit by the injury bug and, oh, you didn't really pan out the way he was kind of recruited in the sense, but you know, it doesn't hurt to have a guy like Jake Garcia come in for them. I mean, he can't make you worse if that, if that makes any sense. Like, like you said, we don't have a whole lot to touch on with him, but I mean, that's a, that's a good pickup from Missouri. I don't think it's going to help them compete in the East anymore than what they did this year, but, it definitely won't hurt. Okay, Dalt. So we're going to kind of move into, I guess, what you know, what's going to be uh, the last segment of this episode. 
And, you know, this is something that we kind of thought of together, kind of put together. Um, it's obviously kind of making the rounds on Twitter, social media, a uh, little bit of uh, who gets to claim who uh, we're going to, we're going to run off a list. So obviously, you know, uh, as our listeners probably know, um, there's been a massive debate across Twitter of who gets to claim Jalen Hurts. And a lot of it was in due in part to a tweet that went out about, you know, him being the first Alabama quarterback to win a playoff game since some a guy back in the 1980s, which, you know, OU Twitter, the monster that it is, came, you know, reared their <laughs> ugly head and kind of came at this guy. And, and so it's, you know, it's come across all, you know, 247 tweeted about it, you know, it, it, it's it's been on tons of podcasts uh radios talked about it um so you know the w- what we're gonna do here Dalt, is we've got about let's see eight or nine maybe ten names here of guys that transferred in college and you know these are all you know guys that had and have had some of them are still in college uh quite a bit of success and so we're gonna just kind of play a little you know who who gets to claim who and so right off the rip here, our first name is going to be Jalen Hurts. And so I'll ask you, in your opinion, who who claims Jalen Hurts, Alabama or Oklahoma? I, I think you get a mixture of both. I would go, uh, and I'm probably going to put a lot of these in like a percentage standpoint. I would give this probably like 65-35 Bama OU. And just for the sole purpose that he was only at OU for a year. And he was at Bama for three years. And he let them do two national championships? Or was was he at Bama for two years? No, he, he was he played in he was, two he national was titles. The one he lost he he lost to Clemson as a freshman. The true as a true freshman. And then they they beat Georgia. That that was the game that uh Tua replaced him at halftime. So he was there three years. Obviously, that third year he didn't start. That was the year he came back in in the SEC championship game and beat Georgia. Um, but then they ended up losing the national title that year. Yeah, that that's right. That's right. And then, you know, he comes to OU and he has a great year. He's a Heisman finalist. And they make the playoffs. And they run into what that monster at LSU was. But I think that it's okay for Bama fans to claim Jalen Hurts, where you finish isn't exactly in this situation where you're claimed. I mean, you know, whenever he does his intro on Monday Night Football or whenever they bring out the starting lineups and they announce their college, he announces his high school because he he doesn't want to upset right, either right. either college. And in his he, yeah, he's office, a, he's, he has... He's a smart man. Yeah, and, and, you know, in his office, he has that picture that that fan made of him with his Alabama jersey on and right. then his right. OU jersey. I mean, just I, – I, I would give it to both schools. I would say Bama probably a little more for the three years that he spent there. So my I, – I like your percentage thing. On this one in particular, Jalen Hurts, I, I'm just going to say as far as like people cl- wanting to claim him, I, I'm going to go like 50-50 on him. Simply because, I mean, you look at what he did at the Senior Bowl after, you know, the year at Oklahoma, he wears the helmet that, you know, is one side's Alabama, one side's Oklahoma. 
obviously I get where you're coming from where he played, you know, for three years at Alabama. I have no problem with any Alabama fan claiming Jalen Hurts. As an Oklahoma fan, I I definitely claim the guy, but, you know, he's not a beloved Sooner. Like, he's he's just not. Like, obviously, fans of OU, you know, they love the guy. We You know, he gets tons of support from fans all the time, but he's not, you know, one of those, you know, all-time loved guys at Oklahoma. Uh, but, you know, we, you know, we definitely take ownership of him. And, you know, as far as, you know, you see on social media, like you look at it from the perspective of, you know, he got drafted out of Oklahoma. So, you know, he's considered an Oklahoma quarterback, whatever. Um, but for him, I, I like it at, you know, just kind of 50, 50. I, I don't have any issue with Bama fans claiming Jalen hurts like at all. And so I, I think we're pretty close in agreement on that deal. And so moving on, Dalt, Joe Burrow. This one, uh, this this one's interesting. Uh, obviously, started his Joe career Shiesty. at Ohio State, did not play a whole lot, and transferred to LSU. And he was actually at LSU for two years. And you know, obviously, has the the season he has, wins the Heisman, wins the national title, arguably the greatest college football team of all time. One of you know, definitely. Um. When I think of Joe Burrow, man, I, I think all LSU. Like, I, I don't consider him a Buckeye. And I know I've heard him say it himself that he is. I know he graduated from Ohio State. But, like, to me, he's an LSU Tiger, like, through and through. That's all I see him as because that's all he ever was on the field. Yeah. Um. Did you see the video that the Ohio State fan did on Unnecessary Roughness? He was like, he made the comment. He was like, oh, we get to claim Joe Burrow. Yeah, he come into games and threw touchdown passes. He's like, I remember a couple of touchdown passes he threw. Yeah. And the Michigan fan who just has been in his ass about what about Michigan and Ohio State, he asked what games. Tell me what games he threw touchdown passes. And he couldn't. He's a he's an LSU tire. He right. tiger. He's a Bayou Bengal. <laughs> I mean, let's 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 not let's not play around with this. He is LSU and and it's it's through and through. He's you you cut him open, he doesn't bleed red. That's that's gonna be purple and gold coming out of this man's veins. Yeah. I I agree, I agree. Um so we're we're in agreements on that. Joe Burrow, he he's an LSU tiger. So moving on down this list, Dalt, uh this is a guy that is currently still in college. Um and you know, I it, this is a little interesting, but Bo Nix. We've got obviously started his career at Auburn. He was an Auburn legacy. His dad was the quarterback at Auburn. He spent, I think, what, two years at Auburn, maybe three. And now he was at Oregon last year um, and he's coming back this year. Uh so I I listen I actually listened to a podcast, I think I told you this, with two Auburn fans on it, and they're like, No. Like oh, Oregon can have Bo Nicks. Like we we don't we don't even want to claim that guy. Like, that's fine, no problem. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of an agree, I agree with him on that. Like I, I think of Bo Nix as kind of an Auburn guy because of the time he spent there. But like, to me, I think you lean, you lean more towards Oregon because of how his career is going to finish out there, uh, for the ducks. Yeah. And I mean, he played at Auburn, but he didn't do anything of relevance at Auburn. Uh, like like you said, who would really want to claim him? It's kind of like, no, you do it. No, you do it. But I, I think he's kind of 
organ he's organ tied to now. And I, I mean, I don't think he would have a problem with that. I know his dad went to Auburn, but sometimes you got to make your own path. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, th- I think we're, we're pretty well in agreement there. Uh, you know, it's funny mention, you know, BP, we, we talked to him about this too. And he basically said, kind of, we kind of laughed about it. He said, neither of them are going to end up claiming Bo Nix, which that's arguably could be the truth. But, uh, to, to continue down our list here, this is another guy adult that, you know, I kind of consider in the Jalen Hurts realm because of how it's going to end up. And that's, you know, Sam Hartman, who has now transferred to Notre Dame following what, you know, was a, a really good individual career for him at Wake Forest. I think he holds just about every quarterback record that they have there because uh, he was there for like, I think, four years that he played, maybe three. Uh, but He's obviously a graduate transfer, going to finish his career out at Notre Dame. Um, to me, to me, this me personally, this is kind of a, a a real similar thing to the the hurt situation. I think at the end of the day, both of these teams, fan bases, are gonna are gonna claim Sam Hartman, and there's not really going to be any indifference about it between the two of them. You know, I mean, I don't necessarily think Notre Dame has that much of a like, like I get that he's going to finish his career there, but I don't think he's going to have that much of like a tie there. I mean, let's 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 be real. He almost died for Wake Forest. <laughs> I mean, let's, well, yeah, that that is true. <laughs> I mean, he he almost died for Wake Forest, throwing the ball the way he did, gets the whatever injury he had that had the blood caught in his shoulder, and then he comes back. Like we thought he was done. We thought he medically retired and everything. And then he comes back to play for Wake Forest and kind of had a little bit of a turnover bug this year, but you cannot take away from what he was for that Wake Forest program. And it's crazy. Um, Sam Hartman, everybody kind of learned who he was because he was on that Netflix special QB one. I think he was the second season guy the same year Spencer Rattler was. So, I mean, the people have known him since he was in high school playing at some little school that barely had bleachers and he gets the wake force. And as the career he does, it's just, I, I would give him more of a, I would give really, and it's going to sound kind of dumb, but I'd give Notre Dame like a 15% claim to him. Now, if he goes and wins a national championship with Notre Dame might be a little different story, but Right now, no, he's he's more Wake Forest than he is Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see him. I, I say it's, you know, similar to the Jalen situation just simply because he's going to be a one-year guy. It's like a graduate transfer deal. But, you know, I don't think that he's necessarily going to have the same kind of success at Notre Dame that, that Jalen had at Oklahoma. Um, and, you know, Jalen moving to Oklahoma is really kind of what, you know, took his – career to the next level um as far as getting drafted and helping him be where he is now i don't necessarily think you're going to see that with sam hartman you could when you know maybe three years from now he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league who knows um but you know notre dame doesn't have a guy like a, a lincoln riley that you know is gonna you know fine tune his you know abilities to help him get drafted so i, I i'm kind of in agreement with you on on that one um, so moving on kind of, kind of a little throwback here, um, in the middle of all this, 
Russell Wilson. Um, several people don't know. And so he started his career at NC State, played football and baseball, actually, and then transferred, I think, just for one year at Wisconsin. Um, and obviously, you know, has had the has had the professional career that he's had now, won a Super Bowl, uh, you know, been outside of this last year, been one of the best quarterbacks across the league um, for the better part of the last decade. So, you know, honestly, Dalt, when I think of Russell Wilson as a quarterback, I think Wisconsin. Like, when I think about him at NC State, I think of him playing baseball. Just me personally. I don't know. what what. How do you feel about, about it? Yeah, I, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I mean, this was this was kind of back in the day whenever transfers really weren't like a big thing. Like you just finished your career where you were at, and you got your degree and all. You got your degree and you were done. So I mean, you didn't really hear a whole lot. I mean, let's let's not let's not kid around. He had a couple great years at North Carolina State. I mean, through third for 31 touchdowns as as a sophomore. Then turns around, throws for twenty eight as a a junior, and then he transfers to Wisconsin, and I believe won the Big Ten that year. I, uh, I I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, they, yeah, uh, don't don't get me to lying, but don't, you might be right. I mean he he threw he threw thirty one touchdowns and had a pretty good. Yeah, I, yeah, I think they did. I think they did win it because it shows here that they beat Michigan State. Yeah, they played Michigan State in the conference championship and they won. So, I mean, I would give him the Wisconsin nod over the North Carolina State nod. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, our next one, Dalt. Um, this one's interesting to some degree. Um, Kyler Murray. Obviously, you know, was, I believe, the number one quarterback, maybe number one overall player out of high school. Uh, goes to A&M, plays in, like, I believe, five games or so, gets hurt, um, didn't, you know, didn't have a lot of success in those five games, was kind of a up-and-down guy, transfers to Oklahoma, you know, sits out a year, then is, you know, the backup behind Baker Mayfield and then starts for only one year. He's only he only plays one year, but he, he was at OU for three, but only plays for one. Obviously wins the Heisman, becomes number one overall draft pick. I I just don't think that A and M can really claim him at all. And somehow they still do, or they try to. Like I mean I, I just don't know how 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 does A and M claim him? He, I mean, I know he played five games. That's fine. I just don't. If if I was in, if it was if roles were reversed, I I can tell you as an OU fan, I would <laughs> I wouldn't claim him. Like that's just almost you're you're looking at desperation right in the face. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but that's that fan base. I mean, you look at what what they are as a fan base, it's not surprising that they want to claim a guy that played five games for them and won a Heisman. Like, I'm surprised that they didn't say that he was, the only reason he won a Heisman is because he 
cut his teeth at A&M. Like something stupid in that regard. But I, I mean, that SEC we, we've ride. got a couple. Yeah, yeah, we've got a couple of these uh, these OU boys on here that, you know, this one, I mean, Kyler Murray is OU. I mean, he, he had a great year his last year there, and kudos to him for transferring to OU and sitting out his year that he had to sit out and then having the just the composure to sit behind a guy like Baker Mayfield for a year. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think we're in agreement on Kyler. He's OU, and we'll, we'll just kind of roll that right into our next guy. We have Baker Mayfield. It, it's kind of the same situation, just a different Texas school being Tech. Um, played basically half a season, got hurt, lost his job, uh, transfers OU, spends basically his entire career at OU, wins the Heisman, number one pick. He's OU. I, I don't even think we really need to discuss that. It's just, you know, obviously it's just one that comes to mind as far as a transfer quarterback. And I, I don't think Tech fans really claim Baker at all as far as what I've seen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't. I think this is kind of one of those things where whenever he left Tech, they just were like, you know what, bad word off, yeah. And, you know, they they made the shirts for him whenever he come back and faced Patrick Mahomes, and it was like traitor with a with the OU Oklahoma uh, State with traitor in the middle of it. I mean that that tech fan that tech fan base once you once you once you cut them they're they're cut forever and they don't forget it. But yeah, he's right. he's all OU. I mean the the stuff that he did at OU is it's it's what it's what OU builds their foundation off of, really. I'm surprised they didn't have him planting the flag as his Heisman statue. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you um, guys are just gonna be heartbroken when he's so USC's yeah, next quarterback field. coach. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, sp- speaking of USC, to transition here, um, another OU guy, but this is the opposite spe- end of the spectrum for for that as that regards, as far as yeah, as far as that's concerned, Caleb Williams. Obviously had, you know, plays half a season basically at Oklahoma, does some really good things, uh, obviously follows Lincoln Riley out to USC. Caleb Williams is a – he's a Trojan. I, you know, love what he did at Oklahoma. I got no real ill ill will towards him as a player. He's an incredible talent, Dalt. I mean, but he, but he's a Trojan. I mean, he, he's not a Sooner. He's he's not going to be remembered as a Sooner. He's, he's going to be a USC Trojan. Yeah, this is kind of like the Kyler Murray thing. You know, I don't even know that I'd call him a Trojan. I think he's more of a Lincoln Riley guy. Like, I think Lincoln Riley gets to hang his hat on that because, I mean, you look at it, hes I don't think he just loves USC. I don't think he ever loved Oklahoma. You know, he didn't really want to go to Oklahoma. In the beginning of his recruitment, he was all bought in to go play for Joe Brady at LSU and once Joe Brady took that Panthers job, Lincoln Riley scooped in on him. So, I mean, I'd give him more of a Lincoln Riley guy than I would USC. I think Caleb Williams knew I'm here for three years and I'm going pro. I'm going to go do it with somebody that's going to get me there. He don't. He didn't care where he was at. Right. And I, 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 I agree for the most part. And uh, so our our next guy, Dalt, this is I, – I, I say we finish on him because our last one's not, I don't know. 
I mean, we can touch on that one if you want. But Hendon Hooker, Vatek, played at Vatek, I believe, two years of his career. Spent, I think, three at Tennessee. But with with what he did this year, Hendon Hooker's a, he's a volunteer. Like nobody is nobody. Most people don't even know that he transferred to Tennessee. Like they didn't even know who he was when he trans. Like nobody knew who Hendon Hooker was when he transferred to Tennessee from. Virginia Tech, as far as I can remember. Yeah, n- no, I mean, whenever he was at um, Virginia Tech, he had a whopping 22 touchdown passes. 22 touchdown passes. His lowest year at Tennessee, because he only spent two years at Tennessee, his lowest year at 20 Tennessee was 27, and that was this year, and he got hurt. And he had 31 the year before. Hendon Hooker's of all. I mean, that's pretty sure his alarm clock is Rocky Top. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we'll we'll finish off with him. But, you know, that that was just something. And I agree. He He's a volunteer. Um, this was just kind of something that I wanted to do because of all the Jalen Hurts talk that's been going around on, on social media. Obviously, there's, there's a million different guys. Even, you know, that was just quarterbacks uh, that we touched on. Um, there's tons of guys that you can, you just think of quarterbacks. They're the first ones to come to mind as far as the transfer portal goes uh, in this day and age of college football. But that was just something that, you know, with all the news about Jalen hurts and that I kind of want to touch on, thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about. Uh, but, you know, adult, you know, obviously we're, we're well into the off season as far as college football goes, you know, we're still hanging by a thread with, with some NFL action. Uh, got the Super Bowl coming up here in a few weeks. Um, I know you're hoping you're hoping your chiefs can take care of business. Uh, but you know, with that, you know, I don't, I don't have a whole lot more to add here, uh, tonight, but, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're well into the off season and we're going to keep trying to bring content for you guys, obviously. Um, if we can on a weekly basis, but we don't know that, you know, that's going to be totally possible, but, but we're going to do our best, obviously. We're, we're going to, you know, talk about, I think we got the second signing day coming up soon and we'll, we'll touch on kind of like the classes at the end of it all and which classes we really like and kind of go into depth on ours some more and then kind of talk about what we kind of hope to see from some schools in spring ball and, We'll go from that. Yeah. So, you know, as usual, if you, if you guys enjoyed the show, please rate us five stars, write us a good review, uh, share the podcast, tell your friends about it. Uh, the podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, and Stitcher. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching the Cover 2 podcast. Uh, Dalt's on Twitter as the OB Longhorn. I'm on Twitter as him, Smithson, not Tim Smithson. Um, and, you know, like I said, share the show, interact with us on Twitter. We, we obviously mention that every, every week when we record, uh, we're, we're very active on social media. Um, and we, we enjoy it obviously, but Dalt, if, uh, if you don't have anything else to add, man, I guess, I guess we're out. Hey, don't forget to cover the flats.